Welcome to the Anime Research Group. With so much anime produced each season, many interesting shows just slip through the cracks and don't get the fair hearing they deserve. I'm Ian. I'm Denny. I'm Freya. And each week we get together to give one show its chance, watch the first few episodes, and discuss what we thought of it. This week, Stelvia of the Universe, a 2003 show by Zebek. Yeah, this show ran from April the 2nd, 2013. Yeah, this show ran from April the 2nd, 2003 until September 24th, 2003 for a total of 26 episodes. It was, as Ian has said, made by the now defunct uh, Zebek, who have since been acquired uh, by Sunrise with Production IG also getting some of their stuff. They're mostly well known for making shows such as Negima, Busa Rankin, Love Hina, Keijo. Also sadly responsible for Repote, but... And not at all like Martian's successor, Nadeshko. Yes, Martian successor Nadashiko, which also shares the director with today's show. Um, it's an anime original, although as most shows do, it does have a manga adaptation by Ryo Akizuki. There are two video games based on it, a PS2 game and a GBA game, both being adventure dating sims. There was supposed to be a sequel just called Stelvia 2 by now, which would have been an additional 13-episode uh, core to Stelvia, focusing on a different character. But it was announced as cancelled in 2005 uh, by the director due to internal difficulties. The same reason, uh, apparently, Martian successor Nadashiko 2 was cancelled. The show itself is mostly well-remembered for its soundtrack, which people apparently like quite a lot from the reading I did. It's very fondly remembered. The anime itself was directed by Tatsuo Sato, and on that note, Freya? Yes, Tatsuo Sato is our director. Not the Japanese politician, um, with a two-line biography on Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> he's he's interesting mostly because he's one of those rare directors who also has written things without directing, okay. and has both written and directed his own shows. Good for him. Uh, so I'll start with stuff that he's only directed. Um, the most recent one is Atom the Beginning. Does anyone remember that? Well, I mean, all I know is that it's not related to... Uh... No, sorry, it is. It doesn't look like it. No. It does not. I heard it was meh. Uh, <laughs> he's probably most famous for uh, either Ninja Scroll. That's an old classic. That oh, he did not. Nice. Shout out to 2003 anime Ninja Scroll. And uh, Martian successor Nedeshko, as we already said. And by us for cat soup. <laughs> uh, that thing that was certainly made good by uh, Misaki US's storyboarding rather than his direct. Um, it's, uh, in terms of stuff that he's only wrote, uh, I have no idea what Argavelin is, but I, I've heard it mentioned before, so I assume it's famous. Maybe not. <laughs> the other one is, and here's the bit where I wrote "ugh" in brackets. Uh, <laughs> Basquash. Ah, Basquash. Wow, Basquash is really highly rated on Anime News Network. For those who don't know, Basquash is about playing basketball with giant robots. Yeah, but the gimmick is it sucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <sighs> We've seen that first episode like three times now, haven't we? Because we are. Uh, I don't know. There's something wrong with this. Anyway, in terms of stuff that he wrote and directed, Bodacious Space Pirates. That was definitely a thing. 
That's a show that it was apparently nothing like the image its title inspires. Yeah. I mean the like it's it's a very it's a very specific billing they've they've given you in the title, but it's hard to like take a, it's hard to take Miniska Piretsu seriously. But apparently it was uh, a lot more interesting than it sounds. I don't really care about his other stuff, so I'm just going to mention Paranoia Agent Episode 10, because that's the one about uh, the anime studio, and it's really good. And he storyboarded it. Good job. He also <laughs> wrote Episodes 1 and 2 of this, which is where I can transition to saying that this show does not have a uh, series composer, head writer equivalent. Instead, just random people write random episodes, I guess? Uh, I mean, it's only five... Yes, only five uh, writers who wrote all of the episodes. Some of them more than others. Uh, mm. Sato wrote five of them. The other person who I'm not going to talk about today, but he's pretty interesting, is uh, Ichiro Kuchi uh, of Code Geass fame. I haven't got much to say about the stuff this time. The, the only other thing I want to say is uh, for the music composer, he did the uh, music for some Tenchi Muro stuff, pretty much all of uh, Strike Witches, I think. But none of that matters because he, none of that matters to you two because he wrote uh, music for Raven Tengu Kabuto. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if he did that song though. Man, do I love Raven Tengu Kabuto. The best stupid anime. I don't know if it's the best stupid anime. It's certainly a stupid anime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on before I fall asleep. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Let's so let's talk about what happened in the episodes that we watched. We've got the base premise of the show, which is that two hundred years ago, a catastrophe wipes out ninety-nine percent of the world population. And apparently, 200 years is not enough time to repopulate the Earth. Who knew? Uh, but to um, they decided to build giant space stations in the solar system. And one of these is a space academy. And that's what the anime is going to be about. It's high school in space, which is a premise that we don't get enough of, to be quite frank. <laughs> It is different from most space shows, I'll give it that. Mm. Yeah, and for episode one, it's mostly just the uh, going from Earth to space. We get the main character, Katase Shima. Um, she is portrayed by Ai Nonaka, who you may know as Starfish Girl in Clanad, or Sakura in Madoka. That's the red-haired one for those of you playing at home. And as far and my personal favorite, Kafka in San Rosetto. Um, She's also the voice of one of the uh, Windows mascots, but I don't remember which one. <laughs> really? I remember this because I saw her picture with it, and that's the only reason why. Uh, Windows 7, right? Okay. Wow. No, Windows 10. Oh right, no, of course, like, of course not, because um, uh, the one for uh, Windows Seven was um, it's on the top of my tongue. Uh. Nanamizuki. 
Nana Mizuki, thank you. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> that shouldn't have taken me as long as it did. Not not so famous anymore. <laughs> well, no, but like at the time you could be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. But uh I was really on it today. <laughs> well, not a lot. I mean, we're kind of at the set going at the same pace the anime does. As Ian has said, <laughs> we begin the episode on Earth. We go into space and we end the episode with a first view of the actual space station, the foundation called Stelvia. Yeah, like before, like the first like eight minutes of the anime is just like her, like, and her parents, and they're a way to get on the space station. And then her mother is being a right child of it. They're like, Baka, I don't need you. I've got a man and a son. I don't, I just, just. Just leave me alone. <laughs> Don't come back until you're famous. Basically. Yeah. She literally um, says that. Yeah. Uh, and then we have just the remainder of the episode, more or less, is just on the spaceship, uh, where they're sitting down in comfortable chairs and making friends with the people sitting next to them, as people, I guess, do on play. No, no, we don't, Ian. I have, I fly, I have flown a lot, and I have never once talked. I have, think I've talked to the person sitting next to me once, and that was because it was an, a ten-hour flight or something, or twelve. Yeah, hour but Denny, one, you're a piece of shit. Two, yeah, you're not true. an anime character, and we That's need to introduce true. them somehow. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, and so we meet. Um, Arissa Glen North. Arissa Glen North. That's what one a, hell of a last name. Like we're get, we're gonna get a lot of these fantastic anime pseudo western names in this show, mm. but not much. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, Yuki Matsuoka. So Ichigo Kurosaki and Orihime in Bleach, both of the main characters. Yes, or Osaka in Azumanga Daioh, uh, or perhaps less famously Churia in Your Own Churia-san. <laughs> um, yeah, and so she's kind of like the. She's well. She's gonna be the best friend character, and she like, and she just spends like the whole time playing up. You know how it is. Why we're on the plane to space? Why can't we look out the window, etc. I like the scene where she compared herself to Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was that was a thing she definitely did. And we also meet the person sitting next to her. Talks to her owner. Is definitely not the head teacher, but he is. Yes, uh, the they've taken the Colonel Sanders approach to uh, characters. Yes, they even they even explicitly say it. It's kind of pleasant. They don't really talk nearly as much about the fact that Earth nearly got destroyed two hundred years ago as you might expect. We're in. We're actually actually just to point out we're in the year two thousand three hundred and fifty six AD for this whole show, which is a, uh, going to be a story about averting the apocalypse. I guess. Everyone's very optimistic and cheery. I mean, that's nice. We've got enough shows where people are very depressed about when they're trying to avert the apocalypse. Yeah. Not a, not a lot happened in the episode, as we've said multiple times, but, but I enjoyed it. I, I think it... It was nice. Yeah, it was, it was very pleasant to watch. I didn't dislike any of the characters. I actually quite like the, the way the mother-daughter relationship works, because it's not that common in, in anime to have the mother be the very childish one. Um... Don't know about that. Actually, actually, you're right. It's more, co- yeah. It's it's more common than you think, but uh, it's it's not the standard operating procedure, which is why, which is why I enjoyed it. I I, I and I do quite like the mother's design, although I'm not sure why. Uh, there was a 
<laughs> recurring motif. Yeah, I just like that character design. There was a recurring. Uh, no, that's of, fine. It's just that I'm not sure why. Uh, yeah, I am not sure. Maybe it's the high color. It's like the pop up color and the, the color scheme. But yeah, there's also the recurring mos- uh, motif of Nazca lines we see it multiple times in the it's, episode. It's literally just because they're launching from Nazca. Yeah. Yeah. And this, uh, I guess they're trying, maybe they're trying to relate it to ancient messages. So the episode ends, they go to Stelvia, and they get, they're talking to by Kent Austin, one of several characters who only has two first names. But he's one of the four heavenly kings. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (sighs) But yes, there will be four heavenly kings because anime. Uh, Yeah, and then, okay, so we made it to space school. Uh, Let's do space school stuff. And so you need to pick your classes. You need to rescue Yayoi from the kitten who is holding those two girls hostage. It was just, the, dog. Uh, the, the dog who is keeping holding those two girls hostage just by being adorable. You need to learn how to forge swords, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you need to take. You need to check all your class. You need to like go in all the classes, see which ones you want. Do you want to take a third, a second language, or a third language? Or would um, you like to learn how to forge stuff? <laughs> Which is just weird. You know, maybe they are just trying to make replacement parts for bits of the space station. Yeah, I mean, and of course, like, kind of like what we're re- like what we were kind of promised by some of the images uh, for like the advertising of the show is we want people piloting not particularly good-looking spaceships. To be honest, they look oh. like the they kind of look like uh, the. U.S.'s current unmanned drones. Hmm. They're called the Biancas. Wait, do they have wings? I don't remember. They no, they have like tail pits. I think. Like our preferred description is, they look like guns that would be fired by yes, yes. Pits rather than spaceships. Um. Meanwhile, we get like the ominous like side shows with like the the uh, teachers being like, "The great mission has to succeed." Well, yes. Okay, you say that, but I kind of liked how the way they were talking about it, it was like it was like uh, mid-break banter at work, rather, or just mid- yeah, mid-break yeah, yeah. like uh, lunch chat. Rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was it was like a teacher scene rather than a Gendo Akari. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, yeah, we're not bullying Shinji into the into the Eva. Although Gendo Akari and Fiyuki have some like they have some like chatty scenes too. I was worried you're gonna say Gendarikari has some valid points there. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> um, I mean, from his perspective, he does, but he's wrong. And the um, the the like getting the people into uh, the their piloting is where we get introduced to the best character, Leila Bartes, <laughs> who is certainly going to whip those kids into shape. And drive, while driving around on a big yellow scooter. By, by forcing them to experience horrible amounts of G-Force. You're trained to be a pilot. You're supposed to expect horrible amounts of G-Force. Yes. So, you know how it is. They have to, like, go out into space. They have to fly around. It's not at all like the simulator, because it would make sense to have a simulator actually simulate the experience. I do like the fact that the very first lesson... Much like how when I got my driving lessons uh, back in the day, it, it, it's not, okay, here's the car, now we get used to it, now drive around the parking lot. No, it's, 
here's the spaceship, get in, we're throwing you on the road slash space. You just immediately yes. have to go and do it. There's no, like, there's no real train. I mean, you get all the technical training in advance, but the practical training is just hands-on, go and fly your spaceship now, kid. I mean, they may have well been in the simulator off-screen. Yeah. And, of course, everything goes wrong for Shima, because, mm-hmm. I mean, it just wouldn't be an anime episode if things went um, and what are you talking about? <laughs> There's plenty of anime when nothing goes wrong. <laughs> Show it to Arya. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but like one of the things that Layla says, like afterwards, is just like, well, she should be in like a she should be a programmer rather than a pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, indicates like a plus all the things going wrong seems to is like we see the flashing screens, the windows are popping up, everything's going crazy. It's 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 Hollywood hacking. Yeah. So apparently, Shima was trying to rewrite the program of the spaceship while she was flying it, which reminds me of the beginning of uh, Gundam Seed, where the protagonist is literally like he gets into the Gundam and it's like, you know what, this OS is really shit. I'm just gonna rewrite that before we can continue fighting. Nice. Programming doesn't make sense, and it never you, will you if this is, know. and if this is where you get your information about programming. And yeah, so she's kind of like down in the dumps afterwards. Uh, and like they have to like throw her a cheering up party at the karaoke, complete with maracas. And like they're drinking their juice and then they've got the like, I'm getting drunk animation, but they're only drinking juice. I found the second episode kind of boring. I didn't hate it, but it, well, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first episode. Weirdly, I like Arissa. Yeah, like, Arissa could be really annoying, because she's, I mean, she's not really a ganky girl, not not in the way I did usually mean that that phrasing, yeah. but, uh, I mean, she's close enough for this anime. I like that she keeps challenging people to, like, yeah. be her best friend <laughs> by using some sort of nonsensical scoring system. Mm. Uh, she's, uh, she's aggressively friendly. I think what Clink's uh, makes her not annoying is that she has a range of uh, emotions which that character yes. frequently doesn't. Uh, also, she has like, Digimon protagonist here. Character designs are not, are on the crazy uh, spectrum here. And they look like late 90s um, hu- or late 90s, early 2000s huge eyeball monstrosities. Yeah, L- like Shima wouldn't be like out of place in like a Cardcaptor Sakura type show. Let me, let me take that back. The main characters look like that. And then you have her brother who looks like a Digimon reject, her mom who <laughs> looks like a, a, mid- a, mid- a, well, a mid-2000s sci-fi show character, or indeed a Gundam protagonist, and her dad who looks like he's from a different show. <laughs> I like how you didn't find an example for the dad, but for all the other ones you had one. The dad's a dad. He looks like a dad. <laughs> Um, yeah, and like all the hair is like really short, and and all the teachers look like Gundam villains. <laughs> yes, they absolutely. Do. The only real exception to that are once again the four heavenly kings, where we've got ninja, enigmatic girl. You mean the people we're going to be talking about as we just discussed episode three? <laughs> yes. So episode three, where she's doing okay at school, but we need to have a study group because it's an anime, and we need a study group. And then 
that we get introduced to, to Kota, who will be the third main character, but and then they just start creating like this ridiculous barrier program. It's got like a hundred and twenty layers of encryption. It's so good, and it's just like, no, 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 that's that's not what it is. It was the the barrier program was like we we learned that the great mission is like there was the apocalypse a hundred. Uh, 200 or something years ago that wiped out most of the earth and now a second impact is essentially coming and uh, the barrier program is meant to protect the stations from it uh, as it has 121 layers of barriers to protect the station well, it's meant to protect the earth yes sorry yeah. the earth so it's like the titanic episode of futurama where if one hull isn't enough you just add 120 hulls mm. and of course everything goes wrong again they commit a lot of crimes. They commit so much crime. Like, there's, there are definitely, like, five stars in Grand Theft Auto. Well, no, definitely three stars in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, they go on a very long-winded uh, route to get to... They need so, to yeah, as, as an attempt to explain how this uh, barrier program works to Kota, Shima, who, as we've established in episode two, is a genius at hacking... Tr recreates the program and she hacks into the actual mainframe of Stelvia while using the headmaster's ID so she can show him the program and explain how it all works. But then when things goes wrong, somebody accidentally pushes the button and runs a simulation that leaves an, an access uh, and shows they've accessed it. So now they need to go to the mainframe of the, of the ship to erase the record of them actually getting into it. To do this, they need to go through the shopping center slash uh, night nightlife area of the station. It's the most cyberpunk area of this of this of the say. Mm. Through the garbage chute, out onto the exterior of the station, um, and then back into it to get to the room, the server room, or whatever. Yeah, like they, they've checked off all the boxes, right? We need to go through like the 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 uh, the. We need to go through a duct because it's a, it's sci-fi, and we have to go through a spaceship duct. We need to go outside the spaceship. Got gotta hit them all. I'm not sure why all of the trash being thrown away is like looks like futuristic. It looks like they're throwing away their washing machines. <laughs> that's because those washing in, in the future washing machines aren't reusable. They're one and done. So. Oh, that's uh, that's that's terrible. We don't need washing machines. We could just use like uh, sonic showers to clean our clothes. We could we could just use the the sink. <laughs> but yeah, and in each of these locations, they then encounter one of the four heavenly kings. They're not explicitly referred to as that. No, no. you've got to. They're just called the the four the four. They're called the four something. I don't Yeah, the four something. The four heavenly kings. The big four. The big four. Yeah. Kent Austin, Najima, and Shojin, and the other one. Yeah. One of them is a ninja. The guy in the trash is a ninja. The Kent Austin is just, he's a nice blonde senpai who's there to help them out. And the third one is sitting outside the hull, meditating and voicing cryptic dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> They're my favorite one by far. Yeah, with the fourth one being the one that's chasing them uh, to figure out where the hell they've gone. And then at the end, they've managed to make it to the center of Stelvia and Shima hacks in, but when the one of the big when one of the big four arrives and confronts them, somebody accidentally pushes a button in again and something goes wrong. We are not explicitly shown what happens or what exactly goes wrong. We just immediately cut to their punishment where 
uh, Layla submits them to extreme G-forces. This is a shenanigans episode. That's a good way of putting it. And they sort of like, uh, like they hint at like, I mean, we've we've seen it now twice, uh, um, two episodes in a row, where it's just like she's clearly a hacking prodigy, and then the people in there are like, well, yes, we need to punish her, but she's a prodigy, so whatever. She rewrote she wrote this program in one day, and there are no bugs. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of this episode. I, I like it better than the second one, but still not quite as much yes. as the first one. Like, I, we're not quite in the stage of tonal whiplash because it's never really... Serious. Oh, no, no, definitely not. But it, ha- but, it ha- but it hasn't settled down into what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. And most of the jokes didn't land. There were a couple. The <laughs> the the roses, only putting one in like a, a jug and putting the rest in a bucket was good. Um <laughs> I also like the bit where the I don't know why it made me laugh, but when the the two who were chasing them turned up at the end wearing the spacesuits, it just made me think, oh yeah, this was a really ridiculous path they took to get here. Yeah, and they had to follow them the whole way. Yeah. One thing I quite really liked during this episode was their laptops, because while their laptops <laughs> are, they look normal initially, apparently you can unfold the screen up to six times like paper to form a bigger screen, and I just thought that was a really neat visual design. Of a laptop, but not something I, I think I've ever seen before in in media that style of a fictional laptop. We're at the stage right now where we can make foldable screens, and this sort of thing would be possible. I don't. I, we're not quite there for cutting it and it still being useful. But who knows what the future will? Be. What did you think of episode three? Ian? like I, I, I think I think we've just sort of. It's just like I, I like hijinks episodes. It was really stupid. Hmm. I like stupid. There's not really much I want to talk about um, in terms of visual design and editing, because I think it was all mostly fine, once again. Like, the spaceships looked interesting enough. The, the most oddest editing choice was in the opening, when they, as Ian so aptly put it, just used Premiere Pro effects on the <laughs> on the imagery to create an effect. I mean, my, my preferred description of it, right, is it's, it's the first time you've ever used PowerPoint, and you want to have all the text make typewriter noises and fly in from the side spinning yeah the first like 10 seconds of the opening is just like gradients with like a pulsing circle and then we get like a pictures of the character and then suddenly there's nine of them and we do that (laughs) a bunch of times and then we get a bit more of the classic here's a bunch of shots of stuff you kind of realize after watching the first episode just how much of it they've just cut and put in the opening in some form it's like Yes. Half the opening is episode one, which is, I guess, is good because it's not very spoilery. The uh, mm-hmm. oftentimes in anime, you get the spoiler open where it's just like, oh yeah, we're gonna see that character in like twenty five episodes time, and it'll be great. And your friend is just like, well, fuck you. Like, I could be getting hype in twenty five episodes time, but no, you're, you're <laughs> spoiling it now. It's better, but it's still kind of. I don't like it when they use uh, clips from episodes. Personally, it was overall a pretty poor opening. Also with them having like 10 seconds or 15 seconds of a single static screen as the opening shot. Yeah, and a pretty perfect like, first outing for Angela, who did both of them. The uh, visual composition of the rest of the show was pretty uh, dull as well. I like the character designs. I like the character designs for pretty much most of the characters, non-main characters. Like, besides, like I like the teacher's uh, designs, like Leila, or the other teacher we've seen. I like the designs of the of the family members. It's just the main character, uh, like Kota and Shima, who look a bit dull, in my opinion. Uh, one thing that bothered me about them was that I felt like their faces were kind of squashed at the eye area, and this mm. 
it, certain certain emotions didn't read properly. The problem with these kinds of character designs, though, not all of them. I think we can all agree that it just feels very early 2000s in the way it delivers its jokes and story. Yes. There's a few, fl- we literally start with a flashback. There's a few unnecessary flashbacks in episode one and scattered across the, the rest of the episodes. We have, we have the awkward relationship of the early 2000s where she gets embarrassed when she sees the guy for the first time. It's a love Hina era show. That's <laughs> done by the same studio. I think that's a good way of describing it. It is. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Jebek also seems to focus their um, time and monetary budget on their uh, CG over the uh, the 2D animation. Mm. For the era, the CG was fine. It's okay. <laughs> it was noticeably CG, but it was fine. It didn't stand out in a major negative way, so I'd break pretty good. Yeah, it's not the Aikatsu dance scene. The hanger, the pan through the hanger looked a bit odd, but it's mostly because the because of the uh, 2D characters, to be honest. They didn't look like they fit. That's a common problem. But, like, one of the more interesting things is maybe not, like, the visual composition, but, like, sound choices both in like the soundtrack and more importantly i guess the effects that were used man man did that man these are some old ass sound effects it was like it was hilarious just we get we get like the ridiculous fan service app um thing we just get like the stupid sound effects that bring attention to it and it's just like i'm glad you had fun sound designer i mm. did not have fun <laughs> um like it's not Simpsons quality bad, uh, uh, Flintstones quality bad. The music was okay. <laughs> Sorry to all the people who really remembered it, but I actually quite liked it. Like I, th- I thought it was, it was, it was noticeable. It was good music. It just didn't fit the show at all. And most times, it it always felt like something else. Like at one point, it felt like JRPG music. Then it felt like Ace Attorney music. Then it felt like just when we were we were just like laughing when we realized that the music was just. JRPG overworld music. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly sounded like that. Like, I didn't really have, like, any huge expectations for this show no. uh, going in. Nope. I think we have, like, a rough idea about how this sort of show goes, right? Like, yeah, yeah. She, she's she's making a lot of mistakes now, but she has she has a talent, and in, like, ten episodes' time, she's gonna fix all her shit, and then she's going to be awesome, and then that's when we'll have the stupid missions to prevent the apocalypse, probably. I kind of wish that there were no spaceships, because having the spaceships suggests that they're going to be using them to fight other spaceships, which, I don't know, I'm more interested in having be about averting the supernova then like uh, yeah see i don't i didn't actually get that opinion i was thinking it's just like uh like dragon riders of pern where like you have your you have your stupid dragons but you're not fighting other dragons you're fighting space fungus that's falling on the the earth i i I think i think that i don't think there's going to be that sort of well i'm my problem is not that they'd be fighting other spaceships they're fighting anything yeah i mean I, i guess this is where you shout it where you do the it's a metaphor thing but that would be a really horrible thing to do yeah, I think that this show would work very well as a slice of life type show, rather than. Mm. I, I mean, if we if we look at the genre tags, I mean, basically... mecha, coming of age, romance, comedy, drama. Like we can strip out the mecha, we can strip out the coming of age. Just give me the just give me the comedy drama. That'll do. All right, Ian. How many yellow scooters would you give Stelvia? 
was the scooter yellow? Yes. I think so. I mean, I feel it's important to be like consistent with the scoring that we have set <laughs> prior. <laughs> so I have to start it at two and a half and mark down from there. <laughs> um, right. Like, I mean, was this a better show than Saikano? Uh, probably not. Was it significantly worse than Saikano? No. No. It was less interesting than Saikano was to talk about. So, so let's just say I score it one Saikano. Which is two and a half stars. Fair enough. Freya, how many yellow scooters do you give it? I will also score it one Saikano, which means, in my case, two yellow scooters. Mm. Uh, it would be more, more like the first episode, but that's purely because that's my pre- my preferences for slow, slow, plotless things. Apparently. And I didn't find the the comedy funny, so episodes two and three didn't work. We're too old for this anime. That's the problem. We're too old for it. If maybe. we were eleven, if we were eleven years old, maybe this would be our shit. As for me, maybe it's because I am still kind of eleven in my head. Um, I'll actually give this a three, I think, because <laughs> I quite enjoyed myself during the three episodes. So you rate it one Saikano. Yes, I do rate it one Saikana. I, I enjoyed myself during those three episodes. Even if the jokes didn't land, there was something about the way it was presented that just it, it made me feel relaxed. It was very relaxed during the story. There was nothing really, not much going on, but it wasn't aggravating in, in what was happening. Yeah. In its, in its kind of simplicity or boredom. It might be a good show to fall asleep to. Yeah, because maybe. You don't have, you don't need to pay attention to it enough, so you can just put it on and let your brain turn off and fall asleep. Maybe. I don't know. It, I don't know. It's got too much of a long-running story for that. If this was like six, seven years ago, I might have watched all of us. Unfortunately, it's 2020, and you've yep. watched Ghost Town and other And I've watched Aizokuen. This is your weekly reminder to go watch Aizokuen. Okay. It would be great if you could say it correctly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know, but that I can't. Doesn't, that doesn't matter. No. Maybe I should take a third language class. Denny? Yes. What new, what new fact do you have to inflict on us this week? Oh, oh we did the uh, trivia after the scoring yeah. one. Well, the most interesting thing I have is that is about the main characters and that many of their last names, such as Kataze, Otoyama, uh, Fujiwa, Mashida, are all based from the Odakyu Railway. Apparently, they're all named after something related to trains. And Stelvia is also almost Latin for Star Road. Yeah, there really wasn't a lot of interesting trivia. Mostly it was people discussing the soundtrack. So I didn't find all that much about it. Yeah. As for next week, next week we'll be watching a modern reimagining of an old show from the 70s. We'll be watching Yorno Yatterman. And this time we end the episode on total silence. Goodbye.